Right, hey guys and girls, how you doing? Here with Lisa today, and today we thought we'd spend a little bit of time because we've been getting a lot of questions on it, and obviously um, taking a lot of athletes through it, but it's goal setting. Um, and we've been through a fair bit ourselves, haven't we, Lisa? So we want to spend the next... Um, yeah. <laughs> we want to spend the next next 15 minutes or so, we'll see how we go, we might get carried away like we usually do, but the next 15 minutes or so, just talking through how important the why is and how important it is that you find out really what your why is um, in relation to your goals. So you've been through this process a few times, haven't you, Lisa? Yep, yep. And, and you know, like we all talk about sitting and how important it is, but we don't know. Um, and one of the main things that when you're setting a goal is that it has to be, you have to understand your why, and you have to go really dive deep on this why. It's not, so what you need to do is to answer, ask yourself, you know, let's take the example of, I want to run a marathon in six months, okay? Just as an example, it could be, I want a, a promotion in my job, I want to finish my career, whatever it is. So let's just take a marathon as, a, as an example. Um, and why do you want to run this marathon in six months' time under four hours? What is it that's actually getting you? It might be, oh, I, w I really want to be a good role model for my children. I want them to see me doing something great. I want them, uh, I want to um, get fitter and stronger. I want to be around for my children when they're later. These might be your, your answers, okay? And then you've got to look at the deeper layer. Well, why do you want to be a good role model for your children? So you're looking at the... It's like peeling back the layers of an onion. There's another layer underneath and another layer underneath. And those are the deeper layers of your why that we're trying to get to. And, you know, it really doesn't matter if these are, uh, the, the, the why is, has negative connotations or positive. I'll give you an example. When I was a young girl and I'd, always, I'd been put down for many years that I was useless at running, I was no good at it. So I really wanted to prove to certain people that I was not useless and that I was good. And that, that, that's a negative connotation, really. It's a, it's a negative motivation, so we, shall we say. But it doesn't really matter because the power behind that, because I was so emotive and I was so emotionally invested, it really helped power my motivation to achieve the goals that I set out to do. So I, I wanted to prove them. I wanted to give the big finger to the people that had told me that I was useless. And that was a driving force. Now, why was that important? Because, you know, when you're in the middle of the Sahara somewhere, for example, and you're dehydrated and you're exhausted and you feel like passing out and you're just thinking, why the hell am I doing this? Now, if you've got an answer to that question when that tough time comes, then that is going to help you get through that middle part of it when it's really tough going and help you push on through. So understanding, you know, and I would be safe in that situation. You can't let that person, you can't prove them to be right. You've got to keep, you've got to push. And that would help me get through that, that, that tough part of the process, if you like. And every goal will have tough parts. You know, That's it's all sure. very good that we set these big lofty goals. <laughs> and in the beginning, we're all full of motivation, excitement and stuff. And then comes the reality of the daily grind of what it's going to take to run that marathon or whatever it is. And that's the time when you need to have those strong, motivating reasons and, and really know and understand your why. Hey, Neil. I think the, yeah, and I think the, the real big takeaway for those of you watching at, watching at home is pick up a pen now, pick up one of these, and just write down on a piece of paper, write down why. Okay, so Lisa said there on many, many occasions, she probably got into double figures with the amount of time she said why. 
how many times she said it and the amount of time she talked about being emotional. Okay, so regardless of she said whether it's negative or positive, she also mentioned the onion. Peel back the layers. You want to get to the part in the middle where it's actually making you cry a little bit. So if you write down your why and you write down, you write it down again and again and again and keep asking. Because by asking why a minimum of five times, if you can get like Lisa did into 10, 12, 15 times, you'll keep asking it and keep taking you on a journey till you establish, wow, and a lot of people we work through with this often get quite shocked as to what the reason is and feel emotional about it because they might have started with just running a marathon and realize they're actually doing it for their kids to be a great role model and so that their kids look up to them. It could be a real strong health reason that they don't want to die of the same disease that their parents did. But once you get there, it becomes such a strong driving force that it's, it's just key to moving forward. So write it down, get the pen out, the paper, write it down and, and really go through that process. And if you've got any questions, just give us um, and drop one of us an email and we can help you, definitely help you through that process. The next bit, Lisa, is really working out your, 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 you're on a road and you've got two, two roads you can take. One is towards pleasure and your goals and the other one is away from your goals and towards pain. But we want you to understand that once you've got your why, as you go on this journey, you're going to be you're going to be given a lot of decisions you've got to make along the way, and those decisions will often be as short as thirty seconds. So to give you an example, I may need to go out and run tonight, and I may take the easier option of ordering a pizza instead, which would give me some short-term pleasure. But it's going to give me long-term pains. So I'm not going to get anywhere near my goals. You get it, yeah. On the flip side, if I take the, 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 the harder decision or one that's going to require more discipline, which is getting home after my day at work, putting on my shorts, putting on my trainers, putting on my top and going out and running, once I get out, I'm going to love it because I'm close to my goal. But the initial decision-making process might have been a little bit tougher. It would have taken yeah. more discipline and more control. So once you've got your why, and you alluded to this earlier, the journey isn't always going to be smooth. You've got some tough decisions to make, but you're going to want to make some harder decisions that take you towards long-term pleasure. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's, it's either suffer the pain of discipline now, and we all know that discipline can be very painful. It's hard to get yourself out the door to go for that run, or or to do get out of bed early, or whatever it is that you need to do. But it's much less pain than the regret. They don't do it. That, it's a much bigger, worse pain. You know, with the, the journey that I've been on with my mum coming back from a massive aneurysm. You know, the, the, the daily grind that I have to put her through, the discipline that I have to have in order to get her back is not pleasurable. And as soon as I'm away from her and, and go away for a day or something, speaking or whatever, she heads towards pleasure, going out with, with my brothers or whatever and, and having coffees and sitting around. And, and that's taking her away from a long-term goal. And I have to keep bringing her back on track to keep her focused on where we're going. Um, and we all need someone to, to, to give us a bit of a shove along and a bit of a help along. But the thing is, it's natural inclination as humans to want to have that pleasure. I mean, the, uh, that, that pizza, that sitting on the couch, that being lazy, that not doing your homework, that not doing... We all fight with that on a daily basis. And it's overcoming that 30 seconds where that intense impulse is to do that. If you can overcome it for 30 seconds, often what you'll find is if you can just say, well, I'm going to put my shorts on and then I'll see, and my shoes, and then I'll, and I'll see. And then by then when you've done that, that, that thought about not doing it is gone already. You know, if you can just get yourself over that little hump. The wire, um, the wire, is, the wire is strong enough, it will get you there. And that's, that's really yeah. what we want to reinforce. Yeah. And I think the example there with your, with your mum, 
and she's you you guys have done amazingly well it's, it's so beautiful to see it's so great to see and it, it's looking at that you're you're there to keep your mum accountable so yes. having having some accountability there so now you've got the now you've got the why you understand that you've got to take small steps you understand it's going to be tough is put it out there you do this so well you put it out there publicly you let people know what you're going to do and you've always said to me i'll be sitting here trying to work out what order i'm doing things here and you'll be like neil just don't worry about it just put it out there we'll worry about the other bits as we go so it, it's such a good way of doing it and that way you've got those people around you to keep you accountable absolutely when I commit to something and I public and I, I'm excited in the moment and I sign up for a race and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And the reality of it hurts me. And I'm thinking, oh, what the hell have I got myself into? But I've already publicly committed. There's no way to back out now looking like a turkey. And so invariably I'm like a turkey. So I, I, I go through with it or at least I really, you know, focus on trying to get there successful or unsuccessful that's you know another topic for failures and learning to deal with them but it's 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 setting there it's signing up in that excitable phase and even when you don't know how the hell you're going to do it it's having that 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 gumption and that that passion going well i'm going to give it a try i have no idea how this is going to turn out but here we go and taking that sort of leap into the blind uh into the darkness so to speak and hoping that there's ground under your feet <laughs> when you land I mean, that's, that's spot on as well mate is is as well now you you've you put yourself in that position you've done it the the next question that we always love love asking our athletes and you and i have asked each other before is right now we've done this where do we see ourselves in, in six months' time? So we're looking in the mirror. What do we look like? What's changed? What's different? How are we going to make sure that we've got that result? And we're going through the process of looking at everything from what we're wearing to what it's going to be like on the start line to, you know, what the smells are like, what the environment's like. So really, really believing in it and visualising it. So talk us through, through the visualisation side a little bit more, Lisa. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that is a technique called visualisation, and this is something that every athlete employs. If you watch an Olympic athlete, say a pole vault or something, that's about ready to go for their, for their jump, right? And you can see them talking to themselves, their mouths are going, they've got this, and you can see them working it through in their head. Every step of the run-up to, to jump and, and do this pole vault or whatever, or long jump, or whatever it is. And you, you can see nation. And, and if you do that as, in, in, you know, okay, we're not jumping over her doing a marathon, but we're visualising ourselves in the race or we're visualising ourselves graduating at that ceremony with our degree or getting our promotion. And what you're doing when you do this sort of thing is that you really, you become, like your brain does not know whether this is just a dream and a fantasy that you're creating or it's reality. The brain doesn't distinguish. And so when you repeat over and over and over in your head, and feeling great and running along powerfully and crossing that finish line with your arms outstretched and all those those visual things that and, and the deeper you can go the better like the more color and feeling and emotion and smells and even if you don't exactly know what it's going to be like in this event or this you know this goal that you're going for you're visualizing it happening and in your brain it becomes a fait accompli it's already happened so your brain is like well yeah i've already done that so when you're actually on that day, actually starting on the start line, you, you, you've already won in your head. 
you've already gone through that process so many times in your head that it's all just a matter of let's well, let's now do it. And that really, really helps. And you can, you know, watching Olympians doing that is just an absolute, such a great example for us to use that visualization process. And, and to just take a little bit of time to focus because when you focus, there's something in your brain called the reticular activating system. Now, this is something that we, all the input that's coming in goes through this RAS system, except smells, they go direct somewhere else, but the rest will go through the system, and your brain picks out what is important and what is actually going to get access to the three pounds of you or the rest of your brain. So if you set, say, I want to buy a red sports car, yeah? So... All of a sudden, if I put that goal in my head, I'm going to buy a red sports car, that's my goal. All of a sudden, I'm going to be seeing around town red sports cars going past. And every time one does, I will remember it because that RAS knows that that's important to me and I'm focusing on that. So it will help me recognize those things. It will help you recognize patterns. It will help you recognize what social contacts are important for you. It'll find things that it will say, hey, you want to run this marathon in six months. Is this something that's going to help you? This magazine that's on the shelf there or this video that you just saw on Facebook, maybe that's something that's going to help you. And, and this is happening on a subconscious level. And we have like 60,000 thoughts a day. And most of this, them just wash through and we couldn't remember them to save ourselves. But the ones where we have a goal, they often get caught in that filter and they stay. And we learn and we develop and we head towards that goal. And that's why it's so important to actually set smart goals, which are specific goals. Uh, they are measurable. They are achievable. They are relevant and realistic. And they're time-bound. SMART being the acronym for that. Um, and that sort of really, really helps this whole process. So, Neil. Yeah, 100, 100% Liz. I think some of the other things to pull out of what you just said there as well, with making things the, the reality and making sure that they, they become your norm. As you go through that process, you may feel a little bit crazy as you start to do it yourself and think about it and talk yourself up and go through the visualization, but do it. You'll feel crazy to start. Definitely do it because it makes a difference. It becomes your reality and what becomes your reality is, is real. So it becomes yeah. what, you, what, you're, what you're doing every day. The other thing just to pull out as well is I've, I've keep referencing the, the pen and pulling my pen out. I've got you to write down your why. The other thing to write down is your, your strong words. So Lisa described there what she, she thought about as she was visualizing and the things that come into her head and, and, and how the, the brain works. As you're doing that, there's going to be words that pop up. So there'll be words that pop up that you associate with going down the pleasurable road that we discussed earlier. Strong words. So maybe you understand that after you've been through the visualization that you're going to feel strong, powerful, like a superhero. You're going, to, you're going to feel great. Write those words down. Those words you should be seeing every day, whether you write them in a notebook, up on a whiteboard, you stick them on your fridge. They want to be your powerful words. The other thing that we want you to do as well is ask yourself the same question. Six months' time, if you're successful, how are you going to feel? How are you going to describe it? And write those words down. Also, in six months' time, if you don't succeed and you don't get to, get to where you want to be, how are you going to feel then? And write those words down as well because a guarantee, obviously, the feeling's not going to be as great, it's not going to be as strong, but that then becomes an incentive that if you find yourself going down the pain road, then you can look at those words. You can go to your accountability partners and the people you've told and they're going to remind you that you're, you're going to feel 
not as great as you would. You may feel less healthy. You may feel unwell. You may feel like you're a failure. We don't like those feelings. Take the pleasurable route. Use your visualization. Use the strong words, and then and then move move forward in that in that direction. Yep. And, and another point on there, I think, is also breaking massive, big, scary, audacious goals down into very bite-sized pieces. Um, so I have a story here that I share often when I'm speaking about when, I'm, when I was about to run through New Zealand. Now, this was a massive project, as you can imagine, 2,252 k, uh, 50Ks uh, in 42 days. And I was so busy in, in, the, in the preparations that I ever actually never sat down to think, what does that actually mean to run 2,000? I didn't do enough visualisation. And then I was standing at the start line because I've been so busy and hectic and, you know, and I was standing on the start line about to start 6 a.m. in the morning in Bluff, and then all of a sudden it just, I had a panic attack and I just had this elephant sit on my chest and it was like, <gasps> I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I've got like 2,250 kilometers. I've never run a distance like that in this period of time. What the hell was I thinking? And I, was, and I had a panic attack. And I went over to my mum, who was always the most wisest person on the, on the planet, had a big crying session and said, Mum, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'm, I'm freaking out. And, and, and she calmed me down, gave me a big hug as mums do. And then she said to me, Lisa, focus on the next half an hour. All you've got to do is get to that power pole up there, that, that next half an hour. Let's get you through the first hour. Let's get the crew moving and rolling, and we'll, we'll take it one step at a time, one hour at a time. Don't lift your focus up to 2,200 kilometres because that will scare the bejeebas out of you. That will, that will scare anyone. But if you can focus on just today, on just the next step, on the next part of your process that you need to do to, co to complete it then you inch your way forward and ultra marathons are very much a great analogy for life because if you just take those little steps you suddenly you turn around and you realize shoot i just ran 2000 something kilometers you know and i did it um and, and time passes and you will get there if you can just keep believing and keep you know breaking it down into those bite-sized pieces just like the saying go how do you eat an elephant i hope you'll never eat an elephant but if you were to you would take it one small bite at a time you know um yeah so it's breaking it down into those achievable little chunks and working out your sub goals so you have your big hairy audacious goal Mine was 2,000-something kilometres, so that was broken down into I have to run 70 kilometres today. Okay, that means I have to run 30 kilometres before lunchtime. Okay, that means I have to run X amount of kilometres in the next hour. In the next, you know, couple of hours, I have to, you know, so you're breaking it down into those, the next set of tasks and the next set of tasks, and each part of that is taking you towards this big, giant goal that you want. Um, and, it's, and it's having the patience and it's having the belief in the process and that time will pass. One of my favourite sayings in the world is this too will pass. When you're in the deep crap, <laughs> when things are going custard, or even when you're winning, know that this feeling will pass. So whether it's good, bad or otherwise, time is just keeping marching on and you will actually get to your goals and you will achieve and you'll overcome if you can just not give up when it gets tough, you know. Gold, mate. Absolute, absolute gold. So if we start to wrap things, um, you know, tie things up and bring, bring things together for those that, those that are watching, the biggest takeaways we've got is, so find your why. And you can never ask yourself when you're going through it, you write down why, write down what your goal is and ask five, at least, why at least five times. If you can get it up to asking 10 times and you're still answering, remember you're peeling back the layers of the onion. 
making yourself make yourself cry a bit. It needs to be emotional. Okay, yeah. we talked about visualization. So make it real. Take yourself forward six months. Six months time, what does it look like? What do you look like? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? Make it make it real. Use your brain. So okay, you took us took us through that so well, Lise. Use your brain to again make it reality. If you start thinking about buying a red sports car, as you said, you're gonna start seeing them. The more you think about your goal, the more it become your reality. If it's your reality, it's real. We looked at accountability. That like, great, obviously your story with your mum and how well your mum your mum's doing you you've kept her accountable it's not yeah. always pleasurable every day but you're taking uh, some of the time you've got to have that discipline each day to make the right choice okay and then move towards you need to have someone there who's going to be going to be accountable um we then looked at what else am i missing least we talked public, about public commitments you know public commitment good something yeah. and you're more likely to have that that uh accountability uh, and taking a leap of faith that you don't always know the path or how the hell you're going to train for that 200k race in the Himalayas or whatever. You don't know how the hell that's going to go or how, what's actually, but you know, when you sign up, just know that you're going to take the next step and then you'll see where the next step is and then you'll take that one and then you work it out. You work it out. Uh, and you know, sometimes you don't make it and you fail and that's a subject for another day. But the, and the other thing that you missed there was that 30 seconds. If you can get overcome, yeah. That impulse to stick that chocolate in your mouth for 30 seconds or to not go out the door and go running. If you can overcome it and say, well, I'm going to put my shoes and my socks on and my shorts on and then I'll see how I feel. And invariably, if you can get yourself through that, that 30 seconds or a minute time where that impulse was really strong to sit on the couch and do nothing, uh, then you've won half the battle. If you can just, you know, use little wee tips and tricks and tools to get yourself into that that I think this is, um, and that yeah, it ties it together so well. And I think um, what we'll do is we bring bring this on to a close, guys. Lisa mentioned smart goals in our in our next um, our next little webinar. We will go into more detail on smart goals and pull those a little bit apart. But to be perfectly honest, if you haven't got your why and you don't fully understand your why, then the smart goals aren't aren't going to make make a blind bit of difference. So you got to understand the why first. So guys and girls, if you've enjoyed what we've been talking about and you, you want to explore your why in a little bit more detail with us, you can find out more, more about what we do at runninghotcoaching.com. Um, you can find out more about the goal setting and the packages and coaching we've got on offer there. Um, we've got a lot of our athletes who've been through this process are doing some pretty special things. Hey, Lisa. Oh, hell yeah. One so, thing. Definitely in a couple of weeks. So that's yeah, pretty exciting. So we've got some yeah, cool things. And, it's, and the people we're working with as well, don't... Don't think it's just for those working at the the top of the top of the sport. We're helping people go from five k right the way through to right the way through to ultra marathon. So if you yeah, want to find out more about more about your why, we're big focus on what we do with with health as well. So you'll get a true holistic approach to what we're doing as we take you through your why. We're going to include um, your family in the process. We're going to include your your work commitments, the time constraints you've got, and make sure that as as you go forward, we want to give you longevity in the sport. Okay, it's about longevity, so we're going to consider your health fully as well. Yeah, right. so once again, to reiterate, this is for people. So our running coaching programs, really holistic. They're aimed at everybody from absolute beginners. I don't care if you haven't even run to the letterbox yet, but you want to become a runner, then we can show you how to do It's not just for elite athletes. Please reiterate that a hundred times. We look at the whole picture because we know that uh, the higher traditional old high mileage models just aren't cutting it for most who've got careers and families and, and a whole lot of other stresses. We 
have to train time efficiently. We need to have our mobility workouts, our strength workout, need our nutrition guidance, our supplementation guidance. A big part of what we do is mindset, like we've talked about today, and then also, of course, your actual running. So that makes up our whole package of what we actually do with our Running Hot coaching programs. I also have a mindset academy that teaches just about mindset and motivation and dives deep in there, and we also have health programs. So we have a whole gamut of stuff that can help you live a better life, and we're very passionate about changing lives. That's why we do this and why we love it. And Neil and I have over 45 years combined experience uh, running the toughest events in the world. Uh, I've been doing that for the last 25 years, which makes me extremely old. And Neil's here, so he's about a little bit younger. A little bit younger. <laughs> uh, and we've coached absolutely hundreds of athletes. Yeah, he looks younger. Hundreds of athletes from all around the world, from all levels, and we really enjoy our job. So come and check us out at runninghotcoaching.com, and we'll see you guys again soon. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us, guys. See you soon.